Hello, starlings, and welcome to episode nine of A Spell for Wellness. I cannot believe that we've been doing this for nine weeks now. I was talking to Amy, who I interviewed for last week's episode, and if you can hear that, that is my cat in the background, Um, and she was saying that this is probably one of the this is probably the longest I have stuck with something that I started. And for people that have ADHD, it is very typical for us to start things and not follow through with them. So to find something that holds our attention and our our motivation long enough to keep up with it is huge because it typically means, one, we're good at it, two, we enjoy it, And three, it helps make a difference in the world. So I hope I'm making a difference. I certainly enjoy talking to you all every week. And I hope that you enjoy listening to me. We are not doing an interview this week. I'm going to be touching on a difficult subject. And I say difficult because a lot of people, especially in America, struggle with this. And I struggled with it for a very long time. And so what we are going to be discussing today is losing weight, how to keep it off, and what does and what doesn't work. So let's dive right in. I'm going to start with a little bit of a backstory. Um, I grew up fairly heavy. I was always very tall. I was the tallest kid in school probably until... I was in eighth grade, and I was also one of the heaviest. I had my parents buy me boys' clothes because I didn't look good in girls' clothes, and at the time, they didn't really make any that fit me well. I wore boys' jeans, and I wore button-up Hawaiian shirts. There's actually a picture of me in a, God, I think it was this, like, bright blue button-up shirt with yellow dragons all over it. And I remember loving that shirt and feeling like I could go out in it because it didn't cling to me. And it didn't... People laughed at me for a different reason for wearing that shirt. But that is a topic for another time. So I was heavy since I was a kid. And Anytime I would go in for a physical, the doctors would always say, you know, you need to say to my mom, you need to make sure that she's eating a balanced diet and she needs to be exercising. And because of things going on in my home when I was younger, food was my comfort. And when I was sad, I would eat. And when I was happy, I would eat. And when my friends would come over, we would eat whatever we wanted. And we'd be up till midnight drinking soda, eating pizza. And I just didn't have a good relationship with food. So as I got into high school and I started noticing boys and, and wanting to be attractive, um, actually we'll go back. So in middle school, I started swimming. I found swim team. Um, I had done basketball and other sports, but I had injured myself. And so my doctor had said I needed to do a a no contact sport. 
So I started swimming and I started to lose weight. I was doing summer and winter sessions at the Boys and Girls Club. And then when I got into high school, I continued to swim and I continued to lose weight without having to change my diet. So I sort of plateaued my sophomore year of high school. um, And I was feeling pretty good about myself, but people were still making fun of me. I was still very tall and I wasn't fat by any means, but I was still thick. And there is nothing wrong with that, but kids are mean. And so I was very self-conscious and I started looking into diets. And for a while, I was yo-yoing between practically starving myself. And I remember at one point I was exercising in the dining room at my parents' house and I ate a head of lettuce for dinner. And I was thinking to myself, man, I am so healthy. I just worked out so hard and I'm just going to eat this lettuce. And of course, come seven o'clock, I was starving and I binged on whatever I could get my hands on because I had no concept of what a healthy approach to exercise and diet actually looked like. So after that, I started looking into fad diets And you know what I'm talking about. The I talked about this in a previous episode. The 21 day fix. Um, Atkins was huge when I started trying to lose weight. Um, and so I I just became obsessed and I had a scale and I would get so discouraged if after a week I didn't see a drop on the scale. And so then I found out about supplements, and I remember I was taking this supplement called Lipo 6X. And it promised all of of these changes. You're going to lose weight. You're going to lose inches. You're going to burn fat. And all it did was make me jittery as hell and poop all the time. Because they shove those things full of caffeine and laxatives and that's it. So for a very long time, I had this horrible relationship with diet and exercise. And I was bouncing up and down between, I I bounced between 160 and 180 for years, up and down and up and down. So when I was in college, I got a membership to the YMCA and I was going with my aunt and I found these body shaping classes and they were weight training classes that were sort of just full body strength training. Um, They were Tuesday and Thursday mornings. And I remember the woman that was doing these classes, while we were going through the motion, she would talk to us about making sure we're eating enough. And I was listening to what she was saying and thinking to myself, "I'm, I'm definitely not eating enough. And what I am eating probably isn't helping. At the time, I was also drinking pretty heavily because I was 21 years old. I was in college. I was going to parties all the time. And when you're young, you can do that. I'm 31 now. I can't do that anymore. (laughs) Um, But that was when I first started to get an idea of what, what a healthy relationship between exercise and diet looked like. But I was still obsessed with the numbers on the scale. And if the numbers didn't move... I wouldn't move. I would give up. I would get frustrated. I would basically say, 
if I'm not losing numbers, I'm not making any progress, what's the point? And then I'd binge and this cycle would start itself all over again. So what we need to understand about weight fluctuation is in any given day, your weight can fluctuate one to five pounds. So people who are weighing themselves on a daily basis, you're not going to see the type of progress that we have it in our heads. You you should, I'm doing air quotes, you should be seeing. Um, The recommended frequency for weighing yourself is once every two weeks, if not once a month. Um, And even with that, I have learned over the years that unless you have a significant amount of weight to lose, I feel like the scale is your enemy. And I'll get into that a little bit later. I do want to quickly interject and say I am not a medical professional. I am not a nutritionist. I do not have a degree. This is all based on research that I have personally done and my own personal experience. I have worked in the healthcare field for almost 10 years now. I have been on a wellness fitness journey for the past, I'd say probably about 10 years as well. And I am just now at the point where I feel confident helping other people and giving them advice based on what has worked for me. That being said, hopping back into weight fluctuation and the scale in general, the number is not as important as what you are consuming and how much physical exercise you are getting. So all calories are not created equal. When you have 100 calories of nuts versus 100 calories of chips, your body is going to process those two things very differently. You are going to get a lot more nutrition, a lot more energy, and a lot more consistency from that 100 calories of nuts than you are from 100 calories of potato chips. And that's based on how our body utilizes and processes maxo, mac, I'm sorry, macronutrients, which are your carbohydrates, your proteins, and your fats. When you are looking at fad diets, the the Atkins diet, the South Beach diet, the keto diet or paleo, unless you plan on doing these diets for the rest of your life, and think about that for a second, committing to this specific set of rules for eating for the rest of your life, that diet is only going to work in the short term. And when you stop doing it, it is all going to be for nothing. Fad diets work exactly the way they were created to work, and that is short term. Because the people who create these diets want you to get on them, to complete them, and then to fail. And then start the process all over again. Now, for some people, people who choose to eat gluten-free, people who don't choose to eat gluten-free and have a disease like celiac, initially, a lot of these people who cut out gluten lose weight. And 
a lot of people feel better not eating gluten because all of us have an inflammatory reaction to processing gluten in our body. But when someone gets on the Atkins diet and they do it until they hit their weight loss mark, the second they come off of that diet, they gain all of that weight back. So the the first thing I would say that's important to look at if you are trying to lose weight is how much are you actually eating? And what about how much you are eating needs to change? When you are looking at the structure of diets, of any diet, just say the food that you eat in a given day, one size does not fit all. And what I mean by that is a person who is going to lose weight by cutting out carbohydrates may not have as much success as someone else who also cuts out carbohydrates because all of our bodies metabolize differently. And some of us are predisposed to being heavier. Some of us have wider bone structures. Some of us have genetic have have genetics that make our baseline heavier. So for a lot of people who try to lose weight, it is a a process of elimination. One thing that I I will suggest I, and I would recommend um, is doing an elimination diet if you have a lot of weight to lose. And so that's sort of going down to a base set of foods to eat and then slowly incorporating other foods back into your diet and seeing what reacts well to you, what doesn't. And that's not even necessarily for weight loss. That could just be for um, for gut health. A lot of people have digestion issues and realize by doing elimination diets that they have a gluten sensitivity or they have a dairy sensitivity. They're lactose intolerant. Um, they don't process certain meats well. Um, my cousin doesn't do well eating red meat or um, or pork. So she eliminated those out of her diet and has um, improved significantly because she has an autoimmune disease. So there are different variables and factors that you do have to take into consideration. But when you are looking at weight loss from, from a very baseline perspective, here's what you need to know. One, you need to eat at a caloric deficit to lose weight. I'm going to repeat that. You need to eat at a caloric deficit to lose weight. And what that means is based on your, your base metabolic rate, which is the rate that you lose weight just sitting around. And bringing in the amount of calories that you eat a day. If you are eating less than your body is burning, you will lose weight. If you are eating more calories than your body is burning, you will gain weight. And that's where exercise comes in. So um, there are some apps that are very good for helping track this. Uh, My Fitness Pal is one of them because you can plug in everything that you eat and it will do the calculations for you. Um, It will tell you based on how much you weigh and your gender. And it does use BMI, which I'm not a huge fan of. 
regardless. Based on your gender and your weight and your height, it will determine how much you should be eating on a daily basis to lose X amount of weight or to maintain or to gain based on whatever your particular goal is. Um, in the past, when I first started using my fitness pal, I it will only let you put in to lose two pounds a week, which I think is good. But I also think um, unless you have a significant amount of weight to lose, that's kind of pushing it a little bit. Um, because you will notice a dramatic decrease in the amount of calories that you're allowed to eat. Um, and again, eating at a caloric deficit does, that is how you lose weight. But in that same turn, cutting your calories too drastically when you start can actually make your body have an adverse effect and it will hold on to all of the fat in your body because your body gets thrown into starvation mode, which is another reason why fad diets don't work. Because you go from eating whatever, say you're eating a 2,000 calorie a day diet, and you start on this new diet that bumps you down to 1,200 calories a day. That is 800 calories a day that your body was used to eating for however many years that suddenly, poof, you're not eating anymore. And your body kind of panics. Because instinctually, it's like, there's no food. We need to hold on to this. So when you start trying to lose weight, it should be a gradual process. You should be eating enough food to feel satisfied, but not overly full. Another huge part of this is remaining consistent and making sure that you are eating enough. And I cannot stress this. I cannot stress this enough. Consistency is key. If your goal is to lose weight and to keep weight off, you need a plan. And I'm not saying you need a structured diet program or or a step-by-step -step how-to. I'm saying you need to sit down, figure out what a healthy diet looks like in general, but also for you. And be consistent with it. And remember, in one of the podcasts I did earlier, it takes about 66 days to create a habit. So give yourself about two months. Give yourself a two-month window. Commit to, I'm going to do this for two months and see what happens. And I would even go as far as to say, I'm going to weigh myself on the first day, and then I'm going to weigh myself at the end of the 60 days. And see over two months of changing your diet what that looks like. Once you feel comfortable having changed your diet, and I'll touch on a little bit later what, what a, a quote healthy diet looks like based on my experience. Um, exercise is so important. And there's a recommendation of, I believe, four to five days a week of at least half an hour of cardiovascular exercise. I'd say in the beginning, do what you can do. If you feel like you can do four to five days a week of working out, treadmill, 
elliptical, going for a walk, having a dance party by yourself in your room. That is one of my absolute favorite workout routines. And I will do that for an hour. I will close my bedroom door. I will crank up the music and I will dance like a fool for an hour. And by the end of it, I've burned probably about 400, 500 calories and I'm starving. And then you eat those calories back. You want to make sure when you are burning calories from exercise that you eat those calories back. No more, no more than that. But you want to eat those calories back. Because while you are exercising, your body needs fuel. And so it say you use my fitness, my fitness pal, and it gives you 1,400 calories a day to eat. That 1,400 calories is the minimum that you need to eat. I'm sorry, that 1,400 calories is the maximum for you to eat without exercise. And say you put in to lose one pound a week. It tells you to eat 1,400 calories a day. You eat 1,400 calories, you will lose one pound a week. But then you exercise for half an hour and you burn 300 calories. If you don't eat those 300 calories back, yes, you will lose weight faster, but you will also be exhausted. Your body won't will not recover in the amount of time, in an appropriate amount of time for you to keep maintaining working out that long. So it is essential that even though you are trying to lose weight, you are eating enough food. Your body needs fuel. It just needs the appropriate kind of fuel. So exercise, eating right. And, and these, are, I mean, I know you guys know all this, but sometimes it's so difficult when you're caught up in what everyone else is saying, try, try these smoothies, try Shakeology, try, and I'm not, I'm not booing. I am a little bit, but I'm not, I'm not, if it works for you, fantastic. But if you're sick of being pulled into the the ringer with these programs and spending hundreds of dollars when, when all you need is a basic understanding of what good food looks like, what a proper portion looks like, and how to make sure you're eating enough but not too much, you don't need all that fancy stuff. You just need to know some information. And so that's what I am trying to provide. I am just trying to provide information if you are trying to lose weight to help you or if you know someone who's trying to, to help them. Um, a great rule of thumb for when you're at the grocery store, stick to the perimeter. Walk around the outside of the grocery store. Obviously, the spices are in the aisles. Um, if you're baking, all of the, the dried goods are in the aisles. But for a whole balanced diet, you walk through the produce section. You go by the deli, which then brings you by seafood and the meat department, which then brings you to the cooler, which is where the dairy and the cheese, and then you keep going, and then there's bread for your whole grains. And everything that you need, your fruits, your vegetables, your meat, your dairy, and your whole grain are all around the outer perimeter of the grocery store. Another rule of thumb that has worked for me, aside from the month that I was vegan, is if it came from the ground, 
or it had a face, it's good for you. Fruits, vegetables, whole grain, meat. You also want to eat something that has the fewest steps from its original where it came from initially to your plate. So you don't want super processed meats or super processed uh, cheeses or dairy or, you know, ultra refined, enriched white bread. All of that stuff is pumped full of chemicals that our bodies are not meant to process. So if it has a face, if it came from the earth, try to keep it as close to its original state of being as you can before you consume it. Obviously, don't consume raw meat um, unless unless you want to do that. I would advise against it, coming from the woman who likes her steak as rare as humanly possible. Anyway, moving on to the next bullet point. Uh, now we can talk about how the scale is not your friend. So my personal battle with the scale over however many years I was struggling to lose weight, um, was very detrimental to my mental health. You are worth more than a number. And this is a huge reason that I, I don't like the BMI calculator because it is not well enough informed. It's a very rudimentary formula for determining whether or not a person is overweight, obese, morbidly obese, or average, I think is is the middle ground. Um, it doesn't take into consideration your bone structure. It doesn't take into consideration muscle mass. Um, and those two things are huge because muscle weighs more than fat does. And obviously, if you have a lot of healthy muscle on your body, you are going to be heavier. So a, a bodybuilder who is seen as morbidly obese, according to the BMI, obviously isn't. So when you say you work out for 60 days and you're eating well and, and you're, you're exercising and you feel good and you go down a pant size and you lose inches in your waist and you step on the scale and you've only lost five pounds. You say, in two months, I only lost five pounds. How? How did I only lose five pounds? Well, you, you probably lost a lot more fat than you think, but there's no way to, to visibly measure that so you look at the scale and you see the number and you start placing your self-worth in that number. And I was victim of that for a long time. So my suggestion, and I know that it is, it is so satisfying when you see those numbers go down. My suggestion would be if you are at a point in your life where you feel like you want to lose weight, use the scale to collect data. And that is it. Use the scale as a starting point to see where you are and check in periodically. But don't place your, your progress or your worth in the numbers that you see. 
Place them in how your clothes fit, how you feel physically. Do you have more energy? Are you more alert when you wake up in the morning? How does your skin feel? You know, how's your digestion? All of those things are so important and far more important than seeing a couple digits go down on a a metal screen you step on. So use it sparingly if you feel like you have to use it at all. I know for me, the scale and I, we are just not friends. I just have the type of brain where I get obsessed and it's just no good for me. So personally, I don't like using the scale anymore. Um, But if it's something that motivates you, then by all means. Setting... I'm sorry. I'm looking at my bullet points and I just flatlined. (laughs) The final thing that we know is that this is a lifestyle change. It's not a diet. It's not temporary. Nobody says, I want to lose five pounds for now. I just want to, I just like for, for today, I want to lose five pounds. I can gain it back tomorrow. Nobody says that. If you are at a place in your life where you want to get physically fit, where you want to lose weight, where you want to be healthy, that is a commitment. That is taking your life in your hands, taking control and saying, what I'm doing isn't working for me and I need to change it. And That is something that all of these diets that are advertised do not, they don't say that. They don't say it's time to make a change for the rest of your life because that's scary because you, you want, we like things quick. We want things immediately. We don't want to have to wait. We don't want to have to work for them. But the fact of the matter is that if you want to change your life and you want to be healthy, it is not going to happen in a day, in 21 days. It's not going to happen in a month. It is going to happen over the course of time and consistency and discovery of yourself. Self-love is the the baseline for all of this. You have to love yourself enough to want to make these changes. And you have to continue to love yourself to continue making these changes. And to, to have them transition from being a change to just being the way that things are now. So my suggestions are the following. Start by counting your calories as you eat right now. Don't so I I use my fitness pal. I refer to that because that's just what has worked for me in the past. Take an average day of what you eat and track everything for like a week. Just track everything that you eat, put in, you know, you can set you can set the app to like maintain your weight and just track how much you're eating. And then after a week, put in that you want to try and lose half a pound a week or a pound a week and see what the transition is from that point. Um, but the, you have to, I feel like a lot of us have to be able to see the progress we're trying to make or see the, the facts in front of us before we realize, oh, like this needs to change now. So my first suggestion would be just count your calories. Start by, by seeing how much you are actually eating and also look at what you're eating. The great thing about um, my fitness pal is it also tracks 
your your macros. It tracks your carbohydrates, your proteins, and your fats. And so it'll tell you, you know, you're not eating enough protein or you ha- you ate too many carbohydrates today based on um, where you are and what your goals are. Set short-term goals that are not weight-related. Um, see if you can do, you know, over the course of a week, how many push-ups you can do. Or um, set yourself a commitment to walk every day at lunch. Or cut out soda for a week. Set small goals that you know are achievable to help propel you forward. And as you come close to hitting one of those goals, set another one. because. The key reason that these these fad programs don't work is because there's no plan for after. You're going to do a 28-day jump start. You're going to do the 21-day fix. And then what do you do after that? I don't know. And so you just don't. And all of that progress that you made in that short period of time goes away. So you, you have to constantly be propelling yourself forward. And it has to be a conscious effort. You know, I'm going to do no soda this week. Next week, I'm going to do no soda and no chips. The week after that, I'm going to do no soda, no chips, and no cookies, and and so on and so forth. And once you start eliminating these things out of your diet that are addictive, like like soda and... and um, you know, those high salty, delicious foods that we all love, um, you stop craving them. That being said too, don't, don't punish yourself. If you love chips, have some chips, but you have to factor them into your calories. You have to factor them into what you're eating throughout your day. So if you have a 200 calorie bag of chips, you have to look at that that bag of chips and say, okay, so I really want these chips, but if I'm trying to stay within my goal for the day, I've got to take something else out. And I mean, that could be, it could be a soda. A soda is almost 200 calories. And and when you do start counting, if you decide to start counting calories, you, you realize how much of our calories we drink between soda and juice and alcohol and, um, coffee and creamer and and all of that, you don't realize how much of your daily calorie intake you're actually drinking. Um, So the only reason I suggest counting calories is just to give you an idea of of what you're actually putting into your body. After a while, you won't need to. You will fall into a rhythm and you will learn what works for you and what works for your body. Find a partner. Find someone to help keep you accountable, whether it be uh, your spouse, your boyfriend or your girlfriend, a cousin, a sister, an aunt. Um, hit them up and say, you know what? I really I really want to do this, but I know I'm going to need someone to check in with me. Can you be that person? And make sure it's someone that you, you trust and make sure it's someone who is reliable. Um, uh, there have, you know, been so many instances where you know, I've, I've hit up a member of my family or a friend and been like, you know, can you check in with me? And we do good for like three or four days. And then we both stop checking in. And then we both just forget we had this plan in the first place. And so if this is something that, that means something to you and something you really want for yourself, find someone who will be as passionate about you as you need to be about you. 
it is so important to have a support system, especially when you're changing something that you've been familiar with for most of your life. Changing the way that you approach food and, and health and wellness is huge. It is a big deal because we become complacent and we become accustomed to the way things are, to what we eat every day and to what's available and, and what's easy. And making that shift is not just a physical change, but it's a huge mental change. And you need to have a good support system. You need to have people there for you, fighting for you and rooting for you. Give yourself something to work towards. Something that I love to do is um, goal outfits, or I did love to do. I am I am now, I can say, at a place where I am maintaining. I feel good about myself. I feel good about my body. Um, but sometimes it's nice to, like, as a motivator to say, you know what? Oh, man, I really love that dress, or I really love that jumper, but it's just a little too small. Buy it. Test yourself. Give yourself the benefit of the doubt and say, you know what? I'm going to fit into that. I'm going to make that work and hang it up where you see it every day. Put it up on your closet in your room, hang it up in the the doorway in your living room. And so you see it every day and you say, you know what? I am, I'm going to fit into that. And sometimes just these little motivators are enough to propel us in the right direction. Keeping a journal works, um, joining an online community that is supportive. For me, I used Fit Girls Guide and they were huge. It was the best decision I ever made because it is not just about losing weight and it's not just about getting skinny and, and you know, cutting out all of the things that you love. It is an all-inclusive, fun-loving community that is all about being the best version of yourself. And I mean, it has, it, they do every month, they do a 28 day cycle. And then in the weeks in between, they do an intercession. So you're constantly doing something and it plans for the lifestyle change. And it says that in all of their books. Um, so if you're looking for a good starting point, um, I, I would highly recommend fit girls guide because it's not, it's not a fad and it's not it's not a promise. It's just saying we're here to help. Here are some tools. Um, and it's worked great for me. It's what I used after having both of my kids. And um, I'm using that in conjunction with my running right now. And I've had amazing progress through using them. But first and foremost, write down why you want it. Why do you want this? Why do you want to lose weight? Why do you want to be healthy? Why do you want to exercise? So many people fail at this because they're doing it for the wrong reasons. They're doing it because society says they should be skinny. They're doing it because people make fun of them and call them fat. They're doing it because they saw an image on TV and looked at themselves and decided they weren't good enough because they didn't look like that. And that's a load of horse shit. And the first thing that you need to realize is you are beautiful no matter what you look like, no matter your size, no matter your weight, no matter your skin color, no matter your where you were born or where you're from. You are a beautiful person no matter what. But if you are not happy, 
and you are not happy because you are physically limited due to your weight or your lack of of strength, then that is your choice to do something about. And no one has the right to tell you otherwise. But if it is something that you want, you need to find out why. Why do you want that? And once you find that why, that why will propel you forward. And that was my mistake for a long time. I changed. I forced myself to change because I didn't love myself, because I didn't love my body, because I didn't look like all of the Victoria's Secret models or the the girls at the beach that are just pre- disposed genetically to being thin and to having flat stomachs and to being, you know, these, these perfect tan blonde beauties, but they are no more beautiful than I am. And they are no more worthy of love than I am or than you are. These choices that we make in our lives to better ourselves, whether that be physically or or emotionally, or in any way at all, need to come from us and from us only. So find your why. What is your why? Why do you want to do this? And write it down. Write down all of the reasons why your life isn't working for you right now. What about your weight or your your physical fitness or your limitations isn't working for you? And then make a list of how they could improve or what you can do to make them better. Because there's nothing wrong with being fat. And fat isn't an ugly word. It's not a bad word. It has been made ugly. It has been made to hurt people. But fat is just a state of being. You have fat. You are not fat. So let me, fat is not a state of being. Fat is just, is just that. Everyone has it. Everyone has fat. Fat is not who you are. It does not define you. And it has been made ugly. So if you are feeling that you are not worth anything because you have fat, you are wrong. And you are worth everything. But if your life is hindered because you have too much fat, then you can do something about that. And that is your choice. And you deserve to live the best quality life that you can. So I hope that what I've said here today has been helpful. And I urge anyone who has any questions or is looking for advice or support to talk to me because I want to help. I'm here for you. And you are all beautiful. Thank you. I love you. I'll talk to you next time.